The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Today, October 31st, 2017, Season 13, Episode number 65. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got so much to talk about today. Happy Halloween to all you guys out there listening. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, I guess the news begins with what uh, the way it started last night. Uh, we get word uh, that there was a, a ruling in the G- Zeke Elliott case. Uh, he was not granted the injunction. Um, and Dave, I guess let's let's turn to you. Basically, tell me what you really the, want to do. That yes, I do. I spent five minutes have, saying we weren't going to get a ruling yesterday. You have quickly become our legal expert on this show. But that's so. my point. I'm I'm not. I tried to tell you all that. Wait, wait, back up, back up. There are a bunch of guys that are legal experts that botched. I shouldn't even say botched this. <laughs> that had a, a completely different opinion of what was going to happen than what actually happened. So, fact of the matter is, I don't think anybody other than the judge knows in these instances how they're going to turn out. But tell us what that means, What basically what happened yesterday and what that means for Zeke going forward. Well, Zeke and his crew had a two-hour hearing with Judge Catherine Failia, Fia, I don't know, uh, yesterday. Um, you know, this is the one that we've been talking about for two weeks, the, the hearing that came after the temporary restraining order was granted before the San Francisco game. Um, she went back to her chambers and deliberated and wrote her out and denied the preliminary injunction, pulled it. And uh, there is a 24-hour delay, meaning, you know, so tonight uh, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension is in line to go into effect. Uh, He is still consulting with his legal team, the NFLPA, and the Cowboys legal team to decide what to do. Um, He can appeal it. He can go after that in-bank hearing that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Don't ask me what that means. I don't really know. Uh, we were just talking about this before the show started. There are ways that he can still fight this, but I am dubious that there are ways he can fight this and remain on the football field. There, like there are, there's he can appeal this and and ask for another injunction, but everything I've read describes it as like a nearly zero percent chance because this is the same district that denied Tom Brady that and forced him to take his four-game suspension. That's why the NFL wanted to file here. That's why everybody was talking about New York and the second district. Um, so, you know, barring something crazy, it sounds, like I said, he can fight this however far hard he wants to fight it, but he's going to be doing it while he's suspended more than likely. That's what it looks like right now. How much did you see from the, as far as the the rationale, the, the ruling of the judge here and, and why she ruled the way that she did? Yeah, um, I, I did. I mean, I read through it last night. The big, one of the big things that I came away with first, I mean, you know, she said, you know, Zeke and his team had ample opportunity to make their case to the NFL arbitrator, uh, Harold Henderson, going way back to August. She also said something that I disagree with. I, I feel weird for quibbling with this, but um, but she had something in her ju- in her decision that basically said, you know, Zeke's whole argument for this is that it would cause irreparable harm, um, you know, 
for him not to be on the football field. And she said, basically, I don't buy that because just like in any other labor dispute, uh, you know, monetary awards can be given out afterward and, and that's sufficient or whatever. And I read that and I was like, this is somebody who like doesn't follow football or sports really is basically doesn't what understand it comes sport, down yeah. to because that's that's six games that can go toward, you know, NFL offensive player of the year or getting your team to the playoffs or and that's not a monetary value necessarily. I mean, it, winning, winning a championship, you don't well, put a money on that, right? Winning a championship, that's six games that he won't have to help him go toward Cowboys and NFL rushing records and those types of things. Um, so I just – I don't buy that in the slightest. Like I said, I it feels – I feel weird quibbling about it because at the end of the day, you take this back, we're, we're arguing about a very serious issue and whether – you know, obviously this case isn't about whether or not he's guilty of domestic violence, but it all stems back to domestic violence allegations. So like I said, it, it feels like a quibble, but I don't think she could be more wrong about that in the sense that, yeah, you can re- award him money for the lost games later, and that's fine, but he will never get this back in terms of, I mean, the average NFL running back career is not long, and that's a healthy chunk of games behind a great offensive line that he won't have. He's averaging 125 yards per game right now, so you're talking about several hundred rushing yards and touchdowns and chances to, you know, build his legacy that he will never get back. So I didn't agree with that at all. Nick? Well, I mean, that's absolutely wrong. I mean, it's unbelievable that anybody would, would say that and not, not understand the dynamics of this thing. When you get drafted fourth overall, you get drafted, you know, it, it, there's a sense of security. There's some guarantees that you're going to be here. And, you know, if, if, if Zeke comes back and, to my understanding, if he comes back and gets in an injury and it's career-threatening, I mean, he, he has no guarantees anymore. All of those guarantees of a first-round pick are gone because they get voided when you get suspended like this. And that's nothing that the Jerry Jones can say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and do it. It's not something that they, they can do. That's an NFL policy. So uh, you, you take that in into consideration – the 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 lack of endorsements that will probably be there probably I mean I mean that won't be there because of this uh, there's a lot of money that that's lost in this situation not to mention all the legal fees that he's he's paying th- for this so I mean I, I I think he should keep going as far as he can but it doesn't sound like there's there's a lot of and options well it, I think this is going to continue I mean it's still going to go into 2018 I would guess I doubt that this is just going to be the end of it in terms of Zeke's case against the NFL well think about it all this was was just the injunction the injunction right simply just this hasn't gone to give court him relief yet. until the case goes through court right? right so the case this doesn't stop the case from going through court it's still going to happen the league is I mean he's still going to at, at some point be heard by I assume some court right uh in his case that the NFL was unfair and how they uh, handled this whole situation, and but, so, but that's not going to change him playing right now. I I don't think it does. I don't think there's a lot he can do to try to get back on the field without serving this suspension. I I've been wrong. I was wrong yesterday, so we'll see. But that's what it looks like right now. Um, right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Uh, it's just you know, and Jerry Jones talked about it on the fan this morning. It's just um, it's it's a crappy situation. And like I said, I mean, you know. We're so far past the point of what actually happened between him and Tiffany Thompson in July of 2016, and at this point, it's just a ridiculous mess. That uh, yeah, I mean, the NFL 
once again, I don't think could have handled this much worse. You mentioned Jerry, and you mentioned the NFL not handling things much worse. Uh, let me give you some of the quotes from Jerry this morning. He was actually pretty, <laughs> pretty yeah. forthright. And, and we, I hearkened back to earlier this year when he was saying, I'm not going to say a whole lot about the Zeke situation. Uh, I'll say that. And it seems like this morning. He doesn't have a whole lot to yeah, lose right. now. See, like this, this morning was the moment when he decided, I'm tired of saving it. I'm going to throw it out there. But here were some of the quotes. Uh, he said, Elliot's decision, the Elliot decision absolutely was made to appease the public. But that was a pretty big statement to make. Um, and then he said, speaking of Roger Goodell, he said, I'm sure he'd like to have he'd like to take back his stance on Rice and others because of that. That Zeke is an overcorrection. Again, very, very big statement. Uh, when you hear those things, what what do you think? I mean, from the standpoint of just kind of how Jerry is not only not only talking about this from the standpoint of what this means, like why this is all happening, but also kind of pointing a little bit at Goodell, pointing a lot at Goodell and saying that this is really him trying to make up for things that he has screwed up in the past. Uh, another one, not to criticize you, I think another big one you left out of there is he said under this same CBA that was agreed upon in 2011, 2010, whenever that was, Zeke would be playing two years ago. Two years ago, Zeke would be playing under the same CBA, but because of things that have happened that the NFL mishandled. I really And, and like I said, you know, I don't know for sure what didn't didn't happen that summer, but I do know that this is a classic case of a massive organization overcorrecting, you know, and like I feel bad because you wind up having to paint in broad strokes. But uh, I absolutely think that this is a, a result of Roger Goodell and the NFL feeling embarrassed and not wanting to further embarrass themselves over things that they've mishandled in the past. That's yeah. absolutely what I think. I mean, frankly, the way I look at it, I think people realize that that the way that whole situation with Ray Rice, the way it played out was uh, looked bad on the league. But I'm totally a believer in the fact that the league that didn't have to go the route of saying, OK, because of that, we're going to now start doing our own investigations and figure out how we can penalize guys, whether the legal system does it or not. I think there was still a middle ground of saying, look, we'll go with whatever is happening in the courts. If the court's find you guilty, you're obviously going to get a, a penalty. But if they don't, and there's not enough evidence there, there's a middle ground. And if a, uh, if something comes out later that changes that, let's say it's right. a tape, Video, yeah. then then yes, react to the tape. It's okay to see the tape and be appalled by the tape but, and say, this was not evidence that we had before. Because if you remember back in that situation, it wasn't that the tape came out. It was that there, was indica there were indications that maybe the league knew about the tape before it came out and didn't do anything. That's a whole different situation. Yeah. So I, I just think that... It's almost like they were waiting for a tape this time. Almost, like They were yeah. waiting yeah. for some kind of video that would surface and say, well, that's just, this is kind of why we're, we're dragging our feet on this or, or whatever. I mean, they, they're putting it putting all of the, the thoughts together, but... You know, I I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what 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 to, to make of that. What what Jerry said. It, th there's a lot more going on in that dynamic with Jerry versus the league versus Goodell. There's been all these reports about Jerry's the one that's kind of stopping this new contract for for Goodell. So, you know, anytime there's a chance to kind of go at each other, you, you're definitely seeing it. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting how all of this plays out. And I, when I say all this, I mean even the the contract extension for Goodell. They in another was it four years? I think the CBA is going to expire. Something like um, that. And then you're in a situation where you know the league will be negotiating again on a CBA. So whoever sitting in Goodell's seat, whether it's Goodell or someone else, that's important, right? So there's a lot of dynamics to this Zeke case that extend well beyond Zeke. Yeah.
And 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 for the NFLPA, they're probably looking at this too. And it's probably giving them like, even though this only affects a small group of guys, you've now had two superstars in the league in two consecutive years that have had to deal with court cases with the NFL. Does it become a situation where although it only affects a small number of them, that the that the players start to say we still have to address this because it's not only it, it's not a situation necessarily of just bad guys doing bad things. Sometimes it's guys being falsely accused of things and the league is taking out harsh punishment on them for things that they don't feel like they've done wrong. I don't know how this couldn't be like one of your top priorities if if I was a player. Yeah, I mean, of course it could be you, right? It's a tiny minority of guys, but all it takes is the wrong set of circumstances, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, getting involved with the wrong person, whatever, and all of a sudden this is you. And, you know, it's unfortunate for Zeke and the Cowboys that I mean, it, it's too late for him. But I guess if there's a if there's an upshot of this whole thing, like there's there's just got to be a better way to do this. And I mean, like I domestic violence is so heinous. And Jerry, Jerry said that today. If you know, if you're if you're guilty of domestic violence, you should not be playing. But Ezekiel Elliott has not even been charged with anything in the American court system, let alone proven guilty of it yeah uh and the fact that a multi-billion dollar organization can sort of you know play judge jury and executioner with your life and your career that would be terrifying to me if i was an nfl player you know it's interesting uh, i was having a conversation this morning with shannon gross who does the hanging with the boys show and uh and and we were kind of talking about this and he had an idea and it was like you know if if you really if you're the nfl and you really want to do uh, if you really want to get into the business of doing investigations and figuring out, you know, guilt or innocence and then doling out punishment, why wouldn't you just have a completely separate group, like a group that's not owned by the league? This is a group that both the league and NFLPA go 50-50 and pay for. And it is a group that is made up of legal professionals. These are people who have worked in law enforcement and investigations their entire career. And all they do is look at issues that come up in the NFL with players they investigate them, they come up with a decision, and they decide what the punishment should be. It takes it out of the league's hands. The league doesn't have to worry about it, but you have competent people who are looking at that kind of stuff, and it's not one way or the other. Both pay the salary, right? Both NFLPA and the, and the league pay the salary of, of this group, and then it keeps it to where it's, it really should be just based upon looking at the facts and making a decision. If the NFL is going to stay in the business of investigations, right? The cynical side of me would suggests that the NFL doesn't want to give up control of what happens in these situations. And that's, I think, still that's goes back to the problem. Right. Yeah. That's the problem of Absolutely. this whole Yeah, Harold Henderson you know? shouldn't be the, the appeal guy. It just it seems like, hey, we've decided to suspend him two games for an illegal hit. He's appealing it. Hey, two games, he's appealing it. You know, he opens the door, he comes out like, yeah, I still, I still think so too. Yep, sorry, your your pill was denied. I mean, it's like it's like a guy we heard in the it. hall. Yeah, right. We heard you. Oh, I know. We don't, I, we don't agree. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't trust that the NFL actually wants that. But I mean, and the NFLPA, maybe they should be stronger. I don't. I mean, they get they get roasted all the time for being the weakest of all of the you know professional sports league player unions. So. Like I said, I'm, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but this system sucks. But Yeah, and the league should want that because right now I think the problem is the league is spending way more time dealing with things that aren't about football. Yeah. And and I think it's it's affecting their product, and I think fans are seeing that too. I think fans are like, 
man, I just want to know that when I sit down and watch my game, I'm going to see my players that I, that I expect to see. I don't want to be after having to hear about court cases. Like, that's am, not why I tune into football. I'm exhausted by this, and I'm technically getting paid to cover it and talk right. about it. You know, I can't imagine if this was just like my hobby and my escape from life if I had to hear about this crap every time I turned on the break. I, so I empathize with all of y'all. I'm sorry, but that's where we are. Where we are. So, exactly. so the, the Cowboys lose a running back for six games, and the Eagles get one? God, Nick, you have to kill every – I'm going to get to that. Okay. Well, let's go. <laughs> Transition. <laughs> all right, let's take, a, let's take a break. When we come back from our break, before we get to that, because we're going to talk about the trade deadline and what other teams are doing and maybe what the Cowboys should be doing, mm-hmm. I do want to talk a little bit, go into some detail about what the Cowboys have to do now without Ezekiel Other for the next six games. And I want to get these guys' opinions on whether they think the Cowboys can win. And we're going to go game by game over the next six, whether you think they can win or lose without Ezekiel <laughs> okay. Elliott. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it's the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star we're talking about ezekiel elliott he is now as of right now as of this moment suspended six games the next six games for the cowboys um so what i want to do is i want to go through some of these games and get your opinions this is this is a part of the season where at least for the next three weeks cowboys are going to be playing uh three teams that are, um, in my opinion, pretty much eh, I, two of the three are locks, I think, for the playoffs. One one of them was in the Super Bowl last year. So um, it's going to be a tough road for the Cowboys for all six of these games. But I want to go through and just get your opinions on how you think the Cowboys can do what you based on what you know now of these teams, because things can change. But based on what you know now of these teams, whether you think thumbs up, you think the Cowboys 
win that game, can win the game against whoever it is without Ezekiel Elliott or a thumbs down, you don't think there's uh, a great chance for them to win. Let's start with Kansas City this weekend. Cowboys can win without Zeke? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to mess up your game. Um, I think the Cowboys have a chance to win every game. I mean, I really do. It doesn't. I mean, we know this. Everybody so you don't think? Chance. I guess just to, if we want to just paint it as a broad yeah. thing, you don't think that this necessarily changes their ability to win. It it changes the ability to win. It doesn't mean that you can't win, but it, it decreases the ability to win because he is a better player and he can extend drives better than the other two guys that you have. But this offensive line is playing better. They're getting into a groove. They're getting into a groove with Zeke, but they were getting into a groove, and I think running backs, they can move the ball and be efficient. But everybody else on this team is going to have to step up. The defense is going to have to play better, um, and, and they have been playing well, and that's the sad part. they got to play better. The receivers have to get open, and, and, and it's going to take more from every single person. But do, do they have a chance? Sure. Um, okay, so just to give people kind of a – uh, some way to kind of quantify that. Let's assume that with Zeke, they were at a 10 on mm. chances to win. Where would they be now without Zeke on a scale of 1 to 10? Six. I, so you cut it they, almost they, in half. Well, they, they weren't at a 10 anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I, no, I'm, I'm yeah. Just, no, I, that's not what I'm saying. Right? <laughs> yeah. You get what I'm saying. I'm I, not saying that, that they were necessarily yeah. going to win all those games. I'm saying that if you just assume with Zeke, 10 was the max. Uh-huh. Without Zeke, where are they? You know, you say six, six. right? Six. I like that. I I mean, I got 13 states over here. I don't think it's weird. Like, I don't think this. Yeah, I'm with Nick. I don't think it changes it that drastically. But the problem is they're about to play some really good teams that are that were better than them when they had Zeke, in my opinion. Like, I, I, I don't like their chances on Sunday against the Chiefs if Zeke is in the lineup, to be perfectly honest, just based on what I've seen of the Chiefs. Um, Philly. Uh, interesting because Jason Peters is out now, but that defense is still gross in a good way, and it and that that hurts when you don't have a guy like Zeke who can turn a zero-yard gain into a three-yard gain. Um, so, yeah, obviously they're not remotely as good of a team without Ezekiel Elliott, but I think they can still follow the blueprint that they've been following, and it should give them a chance to be competitive in most of these games. Yeah, but I think what you just said kind of illustrates how I think about it, that it, in those games against those teams that they need to get wins over, their their chances of winning those games was has been harmed quite a bit because of the fact that they don't have what they need. Like you're, you're playing a team like Kansas City. Kansas City's offense, in my opinion, is one of the best in the league. They've got game like they got guys that can in one play not, go the distance, right? Really. On, a, on a return, on a catch, mm-hmm. on a run, it doesn't matter. They can go the distance on any one play. When you're playing this defense... That's not really an opinion so much as a fact. Like, right. Did you get Brian's stat sheet this morning? No, I haven't looked at it It yet. breaks down like everything they're good at and where they rank in the league. First? Kansas City's just one all the way down the pitch. Yeah. yeah. And so my, my point is that in order for you to beat a team like that, number one, you got to keep their offense off the field, which you need a good running back to do that. And number two, their defense isn't a slouch. So you're going to have to be able to drive the ball and be able to get those that one-yard gain, turn that one-yard gain into a three-yard gain, a four-yard gain. And I haven't seen yet. It doesn't mean they can't do it. I haven't seen yet this team function in that way without Ezekiel Elliott. I haven't seen Dak be the guy without Ezekiel Elliott. There's a lot of things that haven't been seen yet. Yeah. And so for me, I look at this and I'm like, I think I, I can't really say that 
I think that this will not be an appreciable difference than what we've seen just because I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't agree with that, really. I will be surprised if they completely lose the ability to run the football. Yeah. Like, if they just can't do it, if it looks like Denver all over again, that would surprise me. I know it's preseason, but we saw these guys play just fine all through the preseason. Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris were having, you know, eight, car, eight carries, 49 yards, nine carries, 56 yards. Rod Smith... Um, I know it was garbage time, but he looked great against the 49ers in, in the fourth quarter. So, like I said, if, if they just completely lose the ability to run the football, that would surprise me a lot. But you just lost arguably the best running back in the NFL. Like, it's not going to be as pretty. You're not going to have, as, you know, the potential for game-breaking plays quite as much. Again, probably the most important thing. I just don't know if you have that battering ram player that can consistently turn nothing into something. Um, I think it's going to be tough. And then This is – this is definitely going to be a, a different approach. Uh, they can't go into it like they've done with, you know, Morris gets a series, you know, and, and, and that's it. I mean, I don't think the backup is going to get one series. I think you'll see whoever that they decide to start. If they decide to start Morris and then go McFadden or, or the just, just leapfrog Morris with McFadden or if Rod Smith jumps in. I mean, they're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see the, the, the dynamic of it. I wouldn't be surprised. If you see four different players in this game with five carries or more, I mean, I, I think that that'll happen. Take me back to 2015. That was the last time this team didn't have Ezekiel Elliott. And going back to what you said a little bit earlier, Dave, they were they were they didn't fall off the map. It wasn't like they couldn't run the ball. But I do remember there were games. I think I remember. You guys probably yeah. know a lot better than that. There were games when and moments when they wanted to run the ball and could not do it very effectively. That, I think, may be the difference, if I'm remembering that correctly. And so, yes, saying they won't completely fall off, that's one thing. They may be able to have yards at certain times in games, but when they really need to run the ball, will they be able to run the ball? That's the big difference. I, I think the, the differences between those teams are this. Number one, you've got a better offensive line than you had then in 2015. Uh, there's no way that, that just just from the three all pros you've got, they're better players than they were then. Then they have to be. Um, I think that the the left guard was Lyle Collins. Now it's Jonathan Cooper. I think Cooper is better than than Collins was as a rookie rookie guard. And I you know um, Doug Free was kind of banged up a little bit. Collins is, they might not be as good right there, but their quarterback is is better. Uh, he's more polished than than they than down the stretch there. And so. You know, you could say McFadden, maybe he's lost a step, but he hasn't had a lot of wear and tear on him since that 2015. So you got Morris, you got McFadden, they should have some fresh legs. You know, they're capable backs. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's going to be a drop-off. I'm not saying that they can't, you know, that it's going to be exactly the same, but I think they can get the job done. The Cowboys have played teams this year with backs that probably aren't as good. And, and and it happens. There's the NFL teams out there that don't have what the Cowboys have right now, even without Zeke. Well, and I I 100% agree with that, and I think they've done a good job, as good a job being ready for this as they could be expected to. Mm -hmm. But that 2015 team was bad in short yardage, um, and I don't know that I I obviously the quarterback situation is so much better, but I don't know that I agree that this line is better than that line right now. Um, and the other thing is again. Like Zeke is basically just like a cinder block. Like I mean, I think about that fourth down against the Packers where it's four. 
What? Yeah, the fourth and one where he gets four. Yeah, and yeah. well, and the the no, stretch, the stretch. Well, all all of that. Oh, that play. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The Cowboys have gone for it on fourth and short six times this year. You think they're going to do that without Zeke? I don't. I don't think Jason Garrett has the confidence to do that without Zeke in the lineup. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. But he went for it on fourth and a long one at midfield against the Redskins because he knew on top of the line he's got a damn battering ram back there. And maybe Rod Smith can do it. He's a big guy. He's six three. But we haven't seen that, and I wonder if they'll have the confidence to play that way. I don't know that they will, and I don't know that, again, I, I don't know how good it's going to look when it comes time where you've got to get two yards, and that's what worries well, me. The, the thing that, that I would be concerned about here is, you know, the, the guy that I think can get the job done is McFadden. I really think that. But he's been out for so long that his biggest problem is hanging on to the football. I mean, and, and when you're not in, in there, I mean, you know they're not popping and hitting people in practice, even though guys tend to get hurt on Wednesdays around here. So maybe they are. But um, I, I just I feel like him kind of being out of the fray for, for that long and then kind of getting getting in there and getting that first hit, I, I wonder about the rust there and hanging on to the football. But, I mean, he'll have fresh legs, but you but you wonder about the flip side there too. Yeah, I this is this is going to be a tough situation, I think, and I I do wonder if we get three weeks into this and and we all of a sudden are thinking and talking about Rod Smith more because I do think Rod Smith is is maybe that kind of his style of running is more of the style that can take that one yarder to a three yarder um, because he's a big like you said a big physical type back the the challenge for him is that he's never been the guy he's never actually run. Uh, he's never been the primary runner, not even in college. I mean, he's he just hasn't been that role for him. And so I don't. I would like to see more of him. I just don't know if the Cowboys would be willing to bypass their two veterans in order to give it to him. I don't trust that this coaching staff will. I will see. And and I mean, you could argue very easily that he hasn't earned it. I mean, it, it, uh, when you think about it, it sounds crazy to think like, well, this third year player with like 15 career carries deserves more of a shot than these Pro Bowlers who have a thousand yard seasons. Like. That sounds crazy on the surface, but I would like to see what he can do. I just and I don't expect him to be the lead guy, but I hope I just hope they don't forget about him. Uh, yeah, I, I I actually I woke up this morning and I was thinking about this. One of the things I thought was I thought it would be really great. How great would it be right now for the Cowboys if they had one of those young second or third round pick running backs? Because there is something to the spry young running back and throwing him into the situation. Like Jay Ajayi, you mean? Well, we can get to that. Sorry. It, I mean, he's got some issues on his own of, you know, I, I assume. And you would have to give up give up a, a pick for him, which I don't know if you want to give up a fourth-round pick for a temporary solution. All that being said, we'll get to that. I'm just saying, though, when you when you talk about just guys that – and you see it, Dave. You do the draft show every year. There are guys in the second, third, fourth rounds that are running backs that you might not say, hey, I'm going to bring this guy in to be my, you know, five-year starter at running back – but he's a guy that comes in, and because he's spry and he's young and he has that energy that young backs have, you get him into a six-game mix, he can jump right in and be able to get you some really quality starts there. And I, I just personally, I like those guys better than it's the veterans sometimes mm -hmm. because of their, they're young and they're spry, you know? Kent, cut this out and save it for the spring. It's October 31st, 2017. And I think going to give me a name. I think the, no, I'm not going to okay. give you a name. But I think the Cowboys would be bonkers if they don't use a moderately valuable draft asset on a running back. I agree with that. Zeke is first. 
we he has not 100% proven that he is a trustworthy guy going forward. We I mean we just ha- enough time has not passed for us to be able to say that. He's one slip up away from being banned forever. Is that not true? Just in terms of domestic I mean after oh, if he had game, another domestic if something violence something else were to happen. I don't know if it's forever or I don't know. just a year. He's I don't know. Another slip up away from being in big trouble. Put it that way. Um, which uh, I will which say is, this domestic, I don't think, and I could be to- totally speaking out of turn. I don't think domestic violence in this instance is something like drugs where you kind of have a relapse. I don't think maybe it is some expert. No, out there but you're a target. Different. You're a target. And, yeah. and it, these, it's, it's just uh, smart insurance. It's smart thinking ahead. I'm not saying he's going to do something else, but I'm saying just cover yourself against all possible outcomes. The, right. Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden, are near or on the wrong side of 30. They're both in contract years. Rod Smith, I like a lot, but again, that's just one guy. Yeah. I would, you could convince me to spend a third round pick on a running back. Well, and Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Hunt. Kareem Hunt was <laughs> yeah, a right. third round well, pick. Well, let's yeah. think about this too. I mean, the Cowboys drafted him, were excited about him, fourth overall. They still spent a sixth round pick on a back because they they liked him. So I know that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about earlier than that, but still, no, six would be fine. But 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 I'm yeah. but what I'm saying is is that they I think that they they all they have that that opinion. They had it then because Darius Jackson was a guy they liked on their board. So they said I don't know where he fits, you know, in all this, but let's just take him. So I I think they they will do that. And you know you're talking about now Zeke's he'll be getting into his third year. And they've said all along that, I mean, their opinions have changed on drafting. Their philosophy has changed on drafting backs because, you know, it's basically just five years in, in, in turn them. So he's going to have to show that he can stay out of trouble, that he can stay healthy and do all those things to get a, to get another contract there. So, yeah, I think this is, would be about the time that you would do that. Unless, I, unless you've, you know, traded your third round pick for something here in the trade deadline. Well, let's get to that. You guys have been really pushing to get to this Jay Ajayi talk. I've gotten a lot of tweets. I'm sure you guys have as well. A fan saying, what are the Cowboys doing? Primarily because trade deadline ends today, and you've got teams like Philadelphia who are making moves. Philadelphia brings in a running back, Jay Ajayi. And to be quite honest with you, that wasn't even an area I considered a weakness for them. Uh, They've been getting a lot of production out of out of their, uh, what's the guy's name? LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt. He's been running well for them. Now, maybe it's not as consistent as they want. Maybe they feel like they give themselves another body. Um, maybe they're protecting themselves because he's not the most reliable guy either when you talk about off-the-field stuff. He's had some suspensions as well. So maybe this is just kind of a protective move to give them a little bit more. Uh, but either way, they made a move. You've seen a couple other teams make some moves here over the last uh, day or so. Do you think the Cowboys, first of all, putting on your hats of – I know we always talk about what should or what would happen. Do you guys expect right now that the Cowboys will make a move? Based on the people that you've talked to and what you know of this team, do you expect that they will make a move here before the trade deadline? I do not expect that, no. But I haven't really heard either way. I just, I'm just i just going off of 19 years of trade deadline. and I don't, <clears throat> Sorry, I don't remember anything really major happening. So, when did, Was it right at the trade deadline when they traded for uh, Roy? Williams, or was that earlier mm, in the season than that? A little bit early in October. It seemed like it was early in October. Okay. I don't think it was right at the deadline. Okay. Yeah. In Go my ahead. in my experience, they've only ever done trades during the season out of necessity. They traded for Bryce Butler because Dez broke his foot. They traded for Matt Castle because Tony Romo broke his clavicle. Um, you could come at me and say that the Zeke suspension is makes it necessity. But, yeah, but. 
for whatever your opinions of those guys, I think they've done a good job. They are already covered in that area, and they think that as well. They've been, I mean, they carried extra running backs for this very purpose. Like they had more than they needed, all even going back to the spring, really. Uh, so that would surprise me. Jerry Jones said this morning that they, you know, sort of, you know, they had a couple things in the mill, I think was his Jerryism for it. Um, I would, I'd be surprised. And then, you know, if, if something were to happen, I don't think it's going to be a blockbuster like trading for a JHIE. So let me throw this at you, Joe, just to play devil's advocate. You say they've already covered themselves at the running back position, but we all have talked about the fact that in order for them to do well over the stretch, the other areas of the team are going to have to pick up and do more. Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about it from that perspective, are there guys out there, say, at the wide receiver position, yes. a guy like T.Y. I knew where you were going. T.Y. Hilton. Uh, How cool was, would that be? That, that would be really cool. I don't know that the Cowboys would do it. But, it, you know, and I read something yesterday. I think it was Chris Mortensen that was reporting that basically Indianapolis is like, if you're going to get him, you're going to have to give up something significant. Okay. Are you willing to give up a first-round pick? Are you oh. willing to give up a second-round Yes. Pick? No. You are willing to give up a second-round pick for no. T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. I definitely would do that. What, so I can keep? So I can get another Gavin Escobar? I mean, <laughs> their, their history on second-round picks. Could be a Demarcus Lawrence, right? Okay, but it's not going to be a high second-round pick. Uh-huh. Who, who, you got the Colts' second round? No, 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 you, you would give up your own second-round? Second. How do you know? Because it'll be it'll be in the middle, be in the middle of. What it. if this whole thing just really goes south here during this game? It suspension? won't. It won't. There's still a 500 team at worst, is what Nick's saying. No, it, you said middle of the pack, so it'll be a middle pick. So at worst, they're going to be 500. It'll be saying? 50 something like that. I mean, at 50, if you could get a wide receiver who is is a playmaking receiver who has speed, who is. He's, he's really doesn't have a big contract. He probably wants one, but, but I mean, he's he's going he's going to want one. But he's already proven in the league, and he's you know he, he gives you something you don't have. I mean, I, I definitely would do that. I don't think their history with second round picks haven't haven't been that that great at all. So it, it's their risk taking spot. That's what they do. They the second round is where they kind of take some risks and flyers. They've done it for five or six years. If you were hurt and you were a first-rounder, you dropped down here like Bruce Carter, we're going to take you. So I, I certainly would uh, in a second-round pick. Do you think pick. their history of what's happened with big-time wide receivers they've brought in through trade or through uh, you know, through just signing free agent, do you think that effect would affect them making a decision like this? Obviously, the two that come to mind are Roy and, uh, and then Joey Galloway. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would affect them – making a decision like this where you're going to give up a premium pick in order to get a veteran wide receiver. Well, that's why I would yeah, probably so that's why I don't they wouldn't entertain a first round pick. I mean, yeah, I, I would I would think they would be burned by taking giving up a first rounder. Uh but I think a second rounder is completely different. We saw that last year. I mean, when, two years ago, you know, you, do you want Randy Gregory? Yeah, they wanted him. They wanted him at 28. They didn't take him. They took Byron Jones, safer pick. And get to sixty, and it's a little different now. Now we're gonna do it. So, I, yeah, I would, I would do it. I mean, maybe even a third round pick. I don't know. Just tampering. Would you? Good. I don't think. About. We're just kind of talking about what just three, just I'll, three bros shooting the breeze about the trade prospects. Think, about are there other guys. guys that that are out there that you guys think would would fit? I, I've I've seen reports. Antonio that Brown would fit. Indomica, <laughs> yeah, right. I heard. I've seen reports that that Miami might be looking to move on from Indomitian Sue. 
Um, like, would you yeah. would you look at would you look at situations like that? No, I, I, I don't know about that one. Where where where's this money coming from? Yeah, that that's, that's true. That that's goes for Ty too. I mean, yeah. if yeah. I'm if I'm giving up a pick like that, I better be re-signing him. Well, right. where's that money coming from? Right. Because that's I was I'm, again, and it's hard to it's hard to project this because you know things change and you restructure contracts. But like they're I think they're sitting on like ten million in cap space, so. They got some work to do when the le- when the year ends, just to even have room to do everything they want to do, especially if they have to franchise tag Demarcus Lawrence. Right. So, you're putting a ma- a mega deal like Sue or and it, I'm thinking T. Y. Hilton. Like you're gonna try to. Re- I mean, he was the leading receiver in the NFL last year. He's gonna want big money. You're already paying Dez. You got to find, get rid of him or restructure him. Whatever you're gonna do there, you got to figure that out. Then you're basically. <laughs> Either Dez or Terrence, you're saying, sorry, there's no room for you here. I know I just gave you a bunch of money, but what are we going to do with you now? Um, I It just needlessly complicates things. I'd rather just draft a guy. And honestly, here's the thought. A guy like T.Y. Hilton, I know Nick wants that guy that can take the top off the defense, but like, does that really fit what they want to do? Like, Is this a big play offense in that sense? It could be. Think about yeah. it like this. They if haven't you've got a great, shown if, but, but any think tendency about it, of wanting to do that. But think about it like With this. Who, traditionally, traditionally, when you have an offense that runs the ball really well, what really can kill teams is that play action over the top, right? If you've got a guy that can get deep on you on any given play and you're running the ball effectively, if you start getting that safety to bite up, or if you got eight men in a box and you just got one safety back there, that's when you really can can make some yeah. hay. I'm over I'm oversimplifying, but like I just feel like their idea of that is like the play action fake, and then you throw the 18 yard crossing route to Terrence. And it, isn't that because they don't have that guy that can take the top off the defense yeah. regularly? Terrence consistently. Is, Terrence is pretty fast, man. Like if they wanted him to just run a go down the field, I feel like he could. I just not at the level of a Ty Hilton. I'm there's not saying okay. I know there's a difference. That's not my point. I just. I don't think T.Y. Hilton is the guy that I've been asking about for a long time. Be, I, 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 that's not what I'm... have been talking about a guy like Ross. Is it Ross? Yeah. The, the, the speedy guy out there? Or Nelson. It's Nelson. Um, really John close. Ross is yeah. ridiculously Ross. fast. Yeah, He's barely played this year. Ba- yeah, back, but you're talking about that kind of guy. I'm He's, talking about all back in the day guy. was yeah. Mike Wallace from, yeah. you know, um, yeah. from Ole Miss or, 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 or a Ted Ginn type, you know, or so, somebody that is a complimentary receiver, but he can definitely run. Maybe that guy that was playing the other day and he's played at Texas and the Bills and track yeah, guy. Good one. Yeah, good one. Good one. Yeah. I mean, so, somebody like that. Um, now, you, you're getting into a number one receiver in T.Y. Hilton that does that. Then that, That's a little bit more you know, complicated, I guess, if, if the a little short guy is your number one. He needs to be like Antonio Brown, and he has been. He has been. And so you, I agree with Dave that that kind of – complicates things a little bit i i I think i'd try to work it out if if you know if you could make that trade i don't i don't know that that guy would change the way the cowboys would want to play offense i really don't i think they want to hold the ball and i mean yeah if you break a play obviously touchdowns are great but like they they're just they're methodical they're not that like big ben type of let's just chunk the ball 45 yards 18 times per game. Like, I don't think that's the way they would play even if they had a guy like that. So I'm envisioning a world where T.Y. Hilton's frustrated because they're not really using him the way they're supposed to. And but maybe I, that's just me being pessimistic, but I just kind of think know. that Garrett comes from that kind of offense. Like, that's what they did back in the 90s. They ran the ball, and then they got Harper over the top. They played underneath control-type football, and then when they had an opportunity to do play action – and they were trying to go in and get that big one hit 
they haven't had a guy really like this in a long time. Alvin Joey Harper. wasn't that guy. Yeah, they wanted him to be. They wanted him to be Rocket. They yeah. wanted him. Yeah, to be, Rocket right? was Rocket is the guy that yeah. that you know that would was supposed to be a complimentary to Michael Irvin though. And he was just a pure fast yeah. guy. That's run. what they need, right? In my opinion, they they need that. They Terrence and Dez are, are kind of the same when it comes to. Athletically, I, I know Dez is more of the guy that can go up and get the ball. I bet you Terrence is faster. Yeah. I would guess so. Yeah. So you you want you want Will Fuller? Yes. <laughs> He's got like 15 catches for Houston this year, and seven of them are touchdowns. Yeah, he can That's go. Exactly. He can run. That's exactly what, what it needs to be. So yeah, and, the, and there may be guys out there that you can you know trade for like that, but I would be see. pretty surprised. I'd be surprised if we're happens. sitting here tomorrow talking about that. I agree. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to get some questions. Call us. The number is 214-872-2102. Again, it is 214-872-2102. Or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8 with an infinity edge-to-edge screen that's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offer. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. Final segment of the show live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star New. Take it away. This one seems fitting today. A true cowboy loves his freedom. <laughs> Tommy John gives you that feeling of freedom where it counts with a contour patch that nestles you in fabrics you can barely feel. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Freedom. Cowboys. Right. Cowboys. Freedom. All right. It's uh, Let's get into some questions. Numbers 214. 872-2102. Again, it is 214-872-2102. It's actually just four now. The two one's gone. What? Huh? Wow. What? Sorry. Boom. My oh. bad. 
Okay. Just a little, a little attempt at humor. Spicy. Do you have any? Do you, do you have any questions from Twitter? No. Way to go, Dave. Um, I I wasn't told that I needed to do that today. I have a question. Hey, a comment from Twitter. Sure. Thank you. Somebody tweeted in. What about trading for Carlos Hyde? That kind of Ohio State guy. That kind of goes back to my point, and I like that's something that people have talked about even you know weeks ago when we weren't sure what was going to happen with Zeke. You know, I don't know what you'd have to give up to get Carlos Hyde. I mean, you just got Jay Ajayi for a fourth round pick, so maybe not something huge, but I. I just feel like they're they're as good at running back as you could hope to be. Like, is Carlos Hyde that much of a pure upgrade over what you have? I know he's good. That's not what I'm trying to say. But when you're talking about giving up assets to add to something that you've already done a reasonably good job of addressing, I, I just you know if you if you want to trade for somebody, trade for a defensive tackle or a linebacker or a wide receiver. Like, I just I don't know that you need but to spend assets to add to that. But, like but let's think have. about this though. Even though it sounds like this is, would be just a quick fix, you go into the season knowing that okay, next year, McFadden and and Alfred Morris, I can't see them here. They're both free agents, and they maybe they'll sign one of them, but not both of them. Rod Smith has kind of a unique role. So if you traded for a running back, maybe it was we'll say a, a guy like that, Hyde or somebody, a younger player. He would have a role even next year, even when Zeke came back. You, you were talking about drafting a player in the third or fourth round. If you could get a relatively young back with not a lot of tread on the tires, I mean, I, I mean, I think you'd be okay. I'm trying to remember. I guess you would want tread on the tires. I'm trying to yeah. remember not a lot of mileage on the cars. Sorry. I'm trying to remember when he was drafted. He was dra- he was the guy at Ohio State before Zeke, so he I'm guessing he was drafted in 2014, which. I mean that so he's in a contract year. I don't know. Yeah, second round pick, twenty fourteen. So he's in a contract year. Yeah. Also That's why yeah, that's why you trade him, because then you have to resign him. Also, would Carlos well, yeah, would Carlos Hyde want to be a backup? I mean, he's good enough to be a starter. And that's what he would presumably be like. And so But so, he would love this opportunity because if he's gonna be a free agent, he, he gets could to show certainly it do right some here. great work for himself. There's no doubt about that. That's actually a really good point because that's the thing you look at this and it, the running back has to, I mean, or whatever the position you're getting, they have to, you have to feel like as a team, they're going to help you just for a short period of time. All you're doing is renting them. So this is a great opportunity to be able to go ahead and get a player like this that you can rent basically for six and, weeks, gives him an opportunity to show what he can do, then become a free agent, gives you an opportunity to get a great player for a specific amount of time just to tide you over until you guys back. And it's a position that you can rent. And not every position you come in and you and you can do that. And that's the kind of the scary part about Jay Ajayi is that you know, when you go into Philadelphia, you know, by Wednesday, Thursday, you, you pretty much know what they're trying to do. If you're a wide receiver, I don't know if a wide receiver is going to – it's going to take a little bit of time to get him to be dominant. Running back, though, you can – that's why you see rookies that come in and do right. well early. It's There's not a lot to it here's the ball, go to that gap, make a cut, and, and do what you do. I mean, I know there's more to it than that, especially when it comes to blocking, blitzes, and stuff like that, but let's, running backs can come in and make an impact. Let's just suppose for the purposes of this that the Cowboys pick number 128 in the fourth round next year. That's what the 49ers want for Carlos Hyde. You give them that, and you get Carlos Hyde plus what you've already got for the next six games and beyond. So how many games are left? Eleven? Nine? Nine? All right, halfway through. Yeah. So you got that for nine games. Say 12? I said nine. Oh, okay. No, I said so, nine. <laughs> I thought you said 12. No, I didn't. Okay, nine. I, have, I thought you said 12. I'm you sorry. have Carlos Hyde and those guys for nine games, and then you got to figure that out. Or 
you just take what you already got, get through this stretch, and then you have pick 128 to spend on a running back who will be under contract with you for four years. I think that's a better long-term play. I think that's a, a panic move to go get a guy like Carlos Hyde when, like I said, you're about as reasonably well set up as you could expect to be at that position, and you can address it next year, and you will at some point have Zeke again. I just I don't think that's something that you need or should do. I think the other thing to consider here, though, is everybody's looking at this as six games. The likelihood that Zeke comes back after six games and is ready to just pick up where he left off is, I think, I think that's being a little naive. Well, you won't see. need him to because Alfred Morris will just be ripping off 160-yard <laughs> games. Yeah, if one of these backs gets into a nice groove, that's a good thing to have because really you're going to have – and looking at the way this team brings players back, they're going to ease him in. They're not just going to go in and just throw the whole load at him when he comes back, I don't think. Um, so all that being said, I think you have to look at this and say really – your expectation is you want to have Zeke back and hitting a stride if and when you get to the playoffs. Yeah. What did everybody say about Romo when he was – Romo-mentum? Is that what they called it? Mm -hmm. About to have some Alfie momentum. All right? Get ready. You believing in that? Not really. But <laughs> I, I think – I'm not. I don't believe that Alfred can't do it. I actually think Alfred can run well against this think, offensive line. I I think I don't know. I'm rooting like hell for him because he's probably the best guy in that locker room. Absolutely. And I he's shown flashes when he's had opportunities. He's got the longest run of the season still. Yep. Uh so I mean, like I I don't I don't think they're gonna be hopeless. I, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how he does. I hope he does well. Yep. All right. Let's get a phone call. We have a call uh, from Steve in New York. Steve, what up? How you doing, guys? Great show. Thank you. Um, obviously, I'm very concerned about the next six games. I'm just curious if you guys agree with me on this. I mean, you know, Morris, McFadden, or whoever, they're good players, but I don't think you could just plug them in and expect them to do what Zeke has done without adjusting the offense. What I mean by that is not only um, from a production standpoint, how about blocking? I think a lot of people are uh, forgetting how good a blocker that Zeke was. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, he had a play in this game, I think, or it was either this, no, I think it was San Francisco, like, he just absolutely blew up an oncoming linebacker and gave Dak the time he needed, and I mean, he's good for one or two of those per game, like, he's, he's really underrated as a blocker, there's no doubt about that, Darren McFadden struggled with that in the preseason, that's something to remember, but, I don't know, it is what it is, I mean, play devil's advocate they plugged Darren McFadden in after the bye week in 2015 and in his first real chance to start he ran for 129 against the Giants so from a running perspective I really do think like I said earlier I'll be shocked if they just absolutely can't run the ball you're gonna miss Zeke but I still think they'll be able to move the ball on the ground I thought that was a lot more than that I thought he had, I, th I mean 129 against the Giants I think so but I mean like that's why am I thinking 160 Nah. I think you're spoiled by a year and a half of watching Zeke do that on the reg, but so. I think it was 129. I'm pretty sure. The reg. On the reg. <laughs> Careful with that. Kenny Powers. Okay. Um, no, I mean, the thing about Zeke, that, which is so different than those other guys, is that, you know, when you think about the three you have now, you know, who's the fastest of the three? Um, probably McFadden. I think maybe Rod Smith. Maybe Rod Smith. Maybe, I, I don't know. Yeah, but maybe, you know who's the best straight line running. The I best in third and one. You know, you, you don't really know who's the best pass catcher. 
you know, maybe maybe it's Ross Smith. You know, who who's who's your best guy to start? The thing is, is Zeke is the answer to every question you've got when it comes to running back. That's why it's really hard to get him off the field. So now it's just it's going to be tough to like mix and match who who does what. And but I do think it'll open things up a little bit more. I think teams will have to figure out how to play him. This so. is un- unrelated. Shout out Matt. T.Y. Hilton's under contract for a while. I didn't know that. They, did is they he? sign him? I cover the Cowboys, not the Colts. Yeah, sorry. But I still don't think it's I – d- I don't know. I assume it's a hefty contract, and it's not something I'm trying to take on. I mean, that's the thing. Either way, and I think you guys said it at the beginning of this the segment where we talked about this, the Cowboys are not one of those teams that gets out and, and is a big player in trade deadlines, a big player in free agency. They look for bargain deals. Uh, they really expect to build their talent through the draft. And so everything else is just kind of the little add-ons where they can get hopefully a deal here or there, and they can pop, I and mean, one or two of them can pop. But that's not really their thing. It I'm, hasn't been their thing for years. I'm about to sound like Mickey Spagnola, and I apologize in advance. I really do. <laughs> but well, it's something that I thought about though. Be, you know, these trades are happening. Jay Ajayi is an Eagle now, and people are like, well, the Cowboys aren't bold. That's why they haven't won any Super Bowls in 20 years. Blah blah. And like that, I didn't. I wouldn't even hear. And I know that that's disingenuous because. Half the reason the Cowboys were so inept for half of that time was because they were doing stuff like that and screwing it up. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get Joey Galloway. You're going to get Roy Williams. You're moving all over the draft. You're making, you know, questionable decisions. And from what, 98 until 06, that was the philosophy that permeated this team and it set them back. I mean, it's not just like they were going 8 and 8. They were bad for a real bad for a solid chunk of that. And so I get that it's frustrating because you want your team to do things to make itself better. But in the way the NFL is structured, I just think it's so much smarter to mitigate your risk. And that's what you do when you build through the draft because you're dealing with small contracts. You're deal- Again, none of your free agent signings from the spring panned out, but it doesn't matter because you didn't invest them in, in them anyway. So it's disappointing, but it doesn't set you back months and years like it did when you were doing those bold things. So... I just think it's so much smarter to build this low-risk way where your hits hit big and your losses are mitigated by the fact that you didn't put that much into them. Yeah, I, um, I will say this. I do think, just to kind of go a little bit on the other side, I think there are probably fans out there that say, hey, isn't there a middle ground? Like, there was a time, you're right, and during that period when they were just going out and they were going crazy in free agency. They'd get, you know, in three years, or you remember yeah. that. I still remember that one big day or two days where they signed all these free agents and spent all this money. Like, they were going all in. But there is a middle ground to where you say maybe there's one guy, one particular guy that you like, this guy completely fits what we're trying to do, the money's going to work, um, and and it's a guy that, that will completely change and yep. help us be better yeah. than what we That's, were before. There's that middle ground where I think fans want them to at least be in that middle ground versus just being, hey, we only want the bargain deals and and other than that, we're going to build through the draft for the most part. Let's not forget that. that the comp, uh, compensatory picks to you know for next year, you're yeah. going to have some because you lost a lot of free agents. So you're going to have extra picks maybe in the middle rounds, a little bit later on. You can trade you those. You can now. trade them now. So you are going to have that a little bit. I know that they're already factoring that in. So when you're thinking fourth, fifth round, you're probably going to have more than one of those picks. So it maybe it'd be easier to, to pull the trigger on that. Yeah, I, I, I think. They gave, they traded away one of their picks this year, I think, but they're they they still should pick nine or ten times. Yeah, we draft. should have a few. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. Back tomorrow, nine thirty a.m. Till then, for Nick Geatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
I just looked up that giant thing. <laughs>